In some games, building out a world is just as important as exploring it. The group working together to flush out something greater than when they started is a huge part of the joy. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk with Andrew from Pandian Games to talk about Bandas Grove. This slice of life adventure game has you build your own campsite, explore distant planes of existence, and share a warm fire with friends. We talk about life, crafting, and building bonds. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I am super excited to be joined by Andrew from Pandion Games. Pandion, oh my goodness. I even just asked you what it was called. Holy. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast this week. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate you having me. It's It's great to be here. I'm super excited. We're going to be talking about Banda's Grove, which is something that you sent me a message about and then I started seeing a lot in my feed and I had already been following you guys and I was like oh maybe my interest is a little bit more clicked in on this than I thought it was (laughs) it was definitely one of those where we started pushing on Vanda's Grove on a Monday and it was like I I contacted you know I messaged you about it and I started uh, posting about it kind of at the same time Well, that's great. I'm excited to see more about this game. But before we really start diving into what Bandas Grove is, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Andrew. Um, I'm the person behind Pandian Games. Um, and I came from IT. And about a year ago, I left my job, uh, jumped into an RV for the year, and traveled all around the country, did a bunch of camping, um, which, as you'll see, influences my yeah. games quite a bit. Um, and then about three months ago, we, we got out of the RV and settled back down and have been writing games since. Um, it's something that I've always kind of been passionate about and thought I would uh, give it a shot. And so here we are writing games. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Why, if you don't mind me asking, because I think it might really attach into Bandas Grove. I know that you also did a game called Osprey Hunting. So why, why the RV trip? Uh, so the RV trip. So we had lived in the same city for about 10 years. I was working an IT job, got a little burnt mm-hmm. out. And so we decided to, you know, we didn't know where, where else we wanted to live. So we jumped in the RV and with the, one of the sole purposes of find a cool small town that we could settle down in. And along the way, we also picked up bird watching, and we ended up uh, actually chasing around ospreys a lot. There were a lot of ospreys along the East Coast, and so we kind of became attached to them. Um, and scientific uh, genus for osprey is Pandium. Um, so we have oh. a little bit of connection there. Okay. Yeah. I love that. So that's where the name comes from. Um, Pandium is because... The, the osprey is one of the birds that we kind of fell in love with during our RV travels. They're an incredible animal. Like, I've only seen a couple, but oh. <laughs> oh, man, they're amazing. They're amazing. So let's get into what the people are here to, like, really get to learn about, though. What's Banda's Grove? All right, man. Banda's Grove. So this, 
this game changed so much from its original concept, but it is <laughs> a, originally it was just going to be like, kind of like a Stardew Valley of a campground. Like it's just going to be okay. like, you could go to any campground and that's what you could do. And it just really grew from there. Now it's this idea of you have these planes of existence that have converged from across the universe. So you've got all of these different people and animals and different uh, types of geography and geology and they've kind of uh, fused together to form this banda's grove and there's this quantum being that's holding them all together um, but they're all campgrounds all these fragments are campgrounds <laughs> from around the universe um, but it's at the core it's it's a it's a slice of life community building game and so we ask the players a lot to define their npcs and you know what's actually happening you know at the grove with these things that we call quantum events which are these little mini adventures um and and so you build out this community your table is going to be unique we have you drawn a map um and so your map is going to be different than anybody else's map so each grove is kind of is is different um and it's yours uh so that's that's kind of top level what banda's grove is that is so much more than the <laughs> what i got from the press <laughs> kit like i read through it and i was like oh this sounds cute like you build up a little community and stuff but i didn't quite catch that part so <laughs> i'm glad yeah, you said that because now things make a little bit more sense <laughs> yeah so there's and, and we tried to uh in in the book that we're going to release uh which we're going to release at the beginning of uh itch funding um it will be available is kind of like you know page two it's like what is a convergence of campgrounds um and so we kind of try to get in front of that um and kind of set the scene and set the mood of like what 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 are we doing here um it but it's it should be a, an interesting um place to go visit if nothing else um, <laughs> and we've got um several writers um working with yeah. uh, us to do these quantum events because that'll be kind of a big way to uh, experience the grove and okay. so we'll start off with um so for instance when you first start a game you're going to draw some things on your map you're going to define some places um basically you're going to you're going to create your own grove as the very beginning and then you create okay. your own characters and the first thing you're going to do is a quantum event and that kind of um gives you this opening adventure and it's all of these are mini adventures. They should all take yeah. about, you know, 45 minutes to complete. Um, okay. But the opening adventure says, you know, you're, you're gathered around the campfire. We're going to have you define some, uh, some of the new NPCs. Um, and then here's some things that we need to do to get the grove ready. Um, for visitors, we need, you know, the amphitheater needs to be built. And um, the general store is almost done getting ready to be opened. And we need that done and different things like that. Right. And so then you can mm -hmm. kind of experience the grove. You can start going and taking actions and earning pebbles and which is our economy of how you actually ah. uh, do actions. Um, okay. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about quantum events there. And yeah. that's part of Bandit's Grove's phased play. So there's the quantum event, which is, like you said, it's a micro adventure, roughly 45 minutes long. And then there's the downtime events. 
So yes. how do these two phases differ and what can you exactly do in each? So the quantum event phase is very much kind of more like a traditional adventure RPG, right? Like the, the GM who we call the Grove Ranger um, mm -hmm. has this little um, mini adventure, which contains an introduction, two complications and two potential outcomes. And it kind of runs more like a traditional RPG. What are you doing? The Grove Ranger kind of narrates. Um, and there's tasks and things that you're trying to accomplish within, you know, a certain amount of time or, um, you know, within, within the bounds of this adventure and you yeah. can either fully succeed, partially succeed, you know, um, there's two outcomes that occur from that. And that's very much, that's a TTRPG adventure, right? Yeah. Um, but then you have your outcome, and the outcome updates the grove in some way. Maybe you've, you know, lost actions during the next phase because, you know, you didn't complete all of the tasks, or a new complication arises, or maybe you reduce a complication the next time and you gain some benefits. Um, but so then we, after your outcomes are done, you enter the downtime phase, and the downtime phase is kind of like your weekday at camp, right? There's not a lot of campers. You're there to mingle with people, maybe, you know, do some construction work to build facilities and yeah. have cozy scenes. And that's kind of where you spend these pebbles and you can earn more pebbles during that phase. But each player gets five actions, basically one for each day. Okay. Um, and they can choose to do all sorts of different things, whether that is, um, going nature watching or you want to start building a facility or you want to use a facilities action so the facilities that you build can also have actions tied to them not all of them but uh there's quite a few will give you additional actions you can do during your downtime phase so maybe you okay. want to go fishing and that's going to go because you own say that like uh like you build a dock on a lake yeah. uh that dock has the fishing action that you can do during the downtime phase and mm -hmm. you can take someone along with you, and when you go fishing, and it takes, you spend a pebble, you go fishing with your friend, and you can catch a fish, and you define that as a brand new fish. So you tell, or not even a fish, it can be some, some aquatic animal that you've caught. Yeah. And you can mark that down as, like, you have caught this, and you, like, you define that animal. And then the person that went with you gains a pebble for hanging out with you. Oh. So you kind of, you get to choose who, you know, gains a pebble for your action and you in yeah. return get, you know, get to define this animal, which there's benefits there too. That's so cool. Yeah. So the downtime phase is very much about building out Banda's Grove. You're hanging out with the NPCs that you've made, getting to know people better, um, things like that. So they're kind of like two different ways to interact with the same map. During the quantum events, you're going to maybe a new hex, and during the downtime events, you're revisiting the stuff that you've already established then. Yeah, so the the hex map specifically serves two purposes. One, it allows you, so on each hex, you can build a single facility. And so that gives you a limited quantity of buildings that you can build yep. without, before you have to expand your map. Mm -hmm. um, expanding your map can have consequences such as um, what we call blips uh, so if you yeah. roll a 1 when you want to do a convergence event uh, a blip shows up and can consume an existing 
uh, hex tile, which we call fragments. And that removes the, the building and its benefits from your map. And these things can continue to pile up if you don't take care of them. So that's kind of like a mechanic to make sure that you're taking care of the grove then. Correct. Yep. And there's there's a whole there's two different uh, mechanics that we have to actually heal the blips. And and once the blip is healed, you get the facility and the, and the tile back. So they're not destroyed, uh, which we, we thought was important. Like, this is supposed to be cozy slice of life. Yeah. <laughs> Blips don't destroy things. People don't die. Um, you're not murdering things. Um, it's about, you know, it's about healing and it's about returning to, um, you know, nature and, you know, returning yeah. the things to, to their previous state, their healed state. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, that. And then the other piece is kind of more flavor um, is okay. the map. So this idea that you have. Um, these four different um, planes of different, like they have different geographies. Um, there's cultures that come with them. Um, there's types of people. And so when you build a building or you meet an NPC, those different planes are there to be like, okay, so hey, if you build a facility on this type of plane, what does that look like compared to if it was built somewhere else? Did you build it? within the same kind of architectural style that you imagine for this plane. Um, so it helps give flavor of all of these different um, kind of species that live there. Um, okay. And we specifically don't really define what these peoples or their animals really look like. Definitely not at the, um, at the top level. Um, yeah, we kind of just give an idea. So like, for instance, um, one of them is a plane of speed and swiftness. Fauna are long legged or short winged and flit dart and spring. Um, but we don't really go into like, here's what they look like. They have fur, they have scales, blah, blah, blah. We don't do any of that. We want the players to kind of read these, um, introductory pieces to these planes and then imagine what their character will look like by being part of, you know, one of those planes. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow. I really like that. (laughs) And so on the map, going back to your hex map question, sorry, I got a little distracted there. (laughs) No, back to your hex map question. Um, so, so with the hex map, um, each, each, uh, fragment tile come, you define a, um, what plane will be there, what kind of biome will be there? So, you know, is it a prairie? Is it a forest? Is it a, a swamp? Um, and then some type of feature. So is there a pond there or um, shoot, what else did I, of course, I'm not going to be able to tell you <laughs> any features. Um, an island, a mirage, a cave. Um, so you might have um, one that is a, you know, a prairie with a cave in it. Um, and that's really there for flavor, right? Like, okay, if you have this cold world that has a rocky pond on it, what does that look like? When you build something on there, what does that look like? Right. And it's to help with that kind of definition. I love that because it kind of reminds me of stitching a quilt from like old pieces. You're just making, and it makes each game unique if you play this game with one group and then go play with another you'll have a totally different experience based on your group yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And your and your table is going to develop stories over time. It's one of the things that we really like about another mechanic that we have, which are these camper cards for NPCs. Yes. Oh, I was hoping we'd get to those really soon. <laughs> yes. So perfect little segue there. But the the whole point behind those is that your your table is going to have access to these. Whenever you define an NPC, um, you come up with their name and what plane they're from, but also a quirk and a hobby that they have. And then anything else that you want to add specifically about this NPC, and it's something that the table can do. Or somebody can spend a pebble as one of their downtime actions, and they go, I have, a, I have an NPC that I want to define. And they can spend a pebble, and they can write out the camper card, and it goes to the table. And anybody at the table can pick up this card and act on behalf of that NPC. Now, the idea behind the Grove Ranger is that by default, if nobody else wants to act on behalf of an NPC but wants to talk to them, the, the Grove Ranger, who's the GM, by default will act on their behalf. By default, they'll do the scenes, things like that. Yeah. But they don't have to be the only one that does it. Um, it's baked into the rules that way. Okay. We've been throwing the Grove Ranger out around a lot. Sorry, yes. Actually. No, this is this is a good one because this is my little segue here. This is actually the game master, the great Grove Ranger actually has their own playbook, which you yes. don't see a lot. So can you talk a little bit about the Grove Ranger and the other playbooks? Yeah, absolutely. So real quick, the, de the design around how the GM functions in Banda's Grove. Um, we decided to make them a character and we didn't want them to be all powerful. We didn't want somebody to go into this and be like, I have to run this game. I yeah. I need to run Banda's Grove. That's not what this is about. Even as the Grove Ranger, you're an assistant to the actual Grove Ranger, the first of the Grove, whose name is Ranger Muri. So okay. even from the very beginning, you're an assistant to the person who's helping run the Grove. You're not even... Okay. The, the top of the food chain as a character <laughs> um, and that's on purpose because you're also there to help the grove so like we said earlier during quantum events you're the grove ranger is more a traditional gm they're going to run the scene there's stuff on the quantum event cards that um are is kind of secret right like here's here's what's yeah. actually going on um mm -hmm. but in the downtime phase they act as a character and so they have a playbook so they can um, request a cozy scene with another player while where you know they're trying to you know maybe help start a fire you know or cook some chili with them or you know different things like that yeah or they can participate during the downtime to say hey you know what I'm gonna use one of my um, Rove Ranger actions such as I since I'm needed which is a free action you don't have to spend a pebble to use it um, and every playbook will have this, right? Every playbook will have one action where they can just do it. They can always do it, whether no matter what phase it's in. And for the Grove Ranger, they can appear right where they're needed, whether walking down the trail or out from behind a tree or stepping out of the latrine. Um, <laughs> but they can always be right where they needed. And that's a very GM thing, right? Like, they can always yeah. appear and just be like, hey, so yeah, I'm here to talk to you, um, that kind of thing. So it's a very GM-esque action. Um, <laughs> But the Grove Ranger is also the only one of the playbooks that we have so far, because um, we're only releasing five right now. There'll be ten in total. Mm -hmm. um, that has the ability to like fix a twisted ankle. They're the only ones with first aid. 
Um, so like this idea of like the, you know, you're the GM, you're helping, you're, you know, you're, you're lifting people up like that kind of concept. Um, and then same thing with their final action that they have access to, which is a kind, it's called a kind soul. And you can help someone succeed if they are struggling or about to fail. And if, and so what the player that you're helping, they succeed instead and they gain a pebble. So you basically spend a pebble and hand it to the player and go, I'm going to help you succeed. And because you've succeeded, you now get a pebble, right? So it's this idea of just like, if, if there's somebody at the table that's having a hard time or maybe they're low on pebbles or they're not really sure what to do, um, yeah. you basically say, hey, I'm going to help you out. Um, but you do it in character, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're the Grove Ranger that has, that has come by and, and has seen that you you know, um, are sitting on the side of a trail and you're having a hard time and you're struggling. And as a Grove Ranger rather than a GM, um, you can say, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a pebble so you have, you know, things that you can do um and you're going to succeed at what it is that you were trying to accomplish it's such a gm thing like the i i've definitely fudged that like the players having a hard time they they're not doing they're trying to do something that's either cool or very in character and you want to see it succeed and just being able to do that in character is amazing yeah we we really liked being able to add that in there um, the interesting thing is that we don't have, if you spend a pebble to do something, we just assume that you're going to succeed at it in some way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, however, you, one of the ways that you can gain a pebble is to choose to instead fail. Oh. So you can say, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to attempt to do this thing. But I, I, I don't. So, you know, say that you're in the middle yeah. of a quantum event. Um, and one of the things that you're going to try to do during this quantum event is not only get a good outcome, but you're low on pebbles. And so you want to do a bunch of things that gain you pebbles. So during the downtime of, uh, phase, you can spend them on, you know, facilities or your downtime actions or, you know, all that other stuff. And so you're going to say, hey, I'm going to try to talk to this person. I'm going to try to convince them of this thing. But I fail. And you've you've earned yourself a pebble. Oh, so it's failing forward then. Yes, yes. So it's and and the the pebble the whole pebble economy is I think pretty interesting. Um, we'll have to see. We have I, I got to see how well it balances through longer term play. Yeah, but we do have a piece in place which is the, the five actions per downtime. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a limiting faction. So one of the things we wanted to eliminate was characters and players hoarding their pebbles and being afraid to spin them. Mm. Right. Cause that's always, yeah. a, that's always a thing. It's like your inspiration point in 5e. It's just like, well, when do I spend it? Do I spend it now? Um, we want people to spend pebbles. And so yeah. the idea of just being like, you have a ton of opportunities to gain pebbles with the idea that like, okay, yeah, you might have 20, 30 pebbles at some point if you hoard them, but you still only have five actions. Yeah. Right. And so like, you might be able to do some really pebble expensive things, but you can still only do five of them. Um, so that's a limiting factor that we put in there on purpose. I think that makes a lot of sense. 
And just for players, too, can we go over the other four playbooks real quick? Um, Ecologist, Groundskeeper, Botanist, and Artist. Yep. So, um, and we we started with these um, because they're kind of the simpler playbooks. Uh, we also have, like, the Quantum Scientist and some other really interesting ones coming down the pipe. Um, but we want to start with, so the Groundskeeper, um, for instance, is... Um, they, you know, we, we say that they're critical to the grove existing at all. Um, you know, your hands are calloused, but your heart is tender. Um, yeah. But you choose choose two things that you're good at, two things that you aren't. And this is something that we do in every single playbook. And the first three are always tied to the, like, for instance, for the groundkeeper. Electrical, plumbing, carpentry makes sense. But the second... Yeah. The th- Second half is always going to be more uh, interpersonal or personality. So like lifting others up, providing quiet comforts, or telling the best side, you know, fireside stories. <laughs> Every playbook is going to be like that. And so it's like, okay, do you to choose, are you really good at lifting others up and providing quiet comforts, but you're actually really bad at your job. You're really terrible at electrical and plumbing, um, <laughs> but you're really good at making people smile, right? Like maybe that's yeah. what you want to do. Um, we believe in having a quirk. Um, this is really to help people. Um, so quirks are just kind of, um, a character building idea of what's unique about you. Um, and so each playbook has something that's a little different. You can choose the ones that we provide or you can come up with your own. Um, and then your most precious tool. And we actually, you know, we say in here, it's like, you know, your most precious tool, um, uh, it's like an extension of ourselves. We grow bonds with things that help us succeed, right? So it is this tool that you use every day is the idea. Um, and this gives you another way to earn pebbles. Um, because if you give away something precious to yourself, um, you earn pebbles. If you use a strength, um, you earn pebbles, um, things like that. Right. So these, this is all building on ways that your specific character can do things. Um, and then the one, the, the two other pieces that I really like in here are your hobby and your secrets of the place. Yeah. Um, so the hobby is something that you do. Um, but if somebody talks to you about your hobby, they take interest, they learn what your hobby is, and they take interest in you, they gain a pebble for doing so. Right. So, so you, you talking about your hobby to somebody else, you don't gain a pebble for that. It's when somebody says, "Oh, wait a minute." So I, I remember that you actually like fishing. So what's your favorite? What's your favorite bobber? Right? <laughs> that somebody comes out and says that to you yeah. instead. Um, and then on the flip side of that is your secret. Everybody mm-hmm. has secrets, and so like if you talk to your secret about somebody, or you let your secret control you, you gain a pebble for that. So it's this it's this opposite where your playbook impacts how others earn pebbles. But also, you have the ability to earn pebbles as well through it. Mm. I think that that economy is going to work really well, actually. Just hearing about how it works and yeah. the the rewards you can get for spending, I think that that's going to work out really well. And I'm guessing one of those spending things is actually crafting. I am a sucker for a decent crafting system, and I do not see them often enough in tabletop role playing games. So can you tell us a little bit about crafting in Banda's Grove? 
yeah, so this was this was so hard coming up <laughs> with a crafting system that because this is not a mechanically heavy game, right? Like we're not keeping track no. of thirty thousand numbers and you know that kind of thing. And so to come up with something that was still interesting but simple enough to fit in. So what we ended up doing was we said, what if we broke down all of our ingredients that you could possibly collect? Because originally you're like, oh, well, you need to come up with feathers and like, what if you need milk for, you know, recipe crap, you know, making food or something like yeah. that. And the list just gets really long. Like, I go look at a list for Stardew Valley and it's it's monumental. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and so we broke it down into four categories, flora, fauna, planar, which is earth and, you know, non-living stuff. Yeah. Um, and then quantum, because we have to have quantum. It's just, you know, that's <laughs> you live in a quantum realm, essentially. Um, Name of the game. Yeah. And so we asked people, so I'm trying to get to my crafting section so I can be specific <laughs> with you. Um, but so we asked people to, well, two things. One, so we break it down into those categories, and then each thing that you want to craft is broken into its own category as well. So physical goods, food and drink, um, artesian goods, whether that's like paintings or, you know, more crafterly um, yeah. small goods, um, textiles and quantum goods. Um, and so if you want to create, let's say, for instance, just a physical good, a wooden sign is a perfect example um, it's one of the first things you're, the characters are going to be asked to create. It is one flora and one planar ingredient of each. But you have to have a workshop, and you have to know a workshop in PC. So you have to define that. So once those two criteria are met, and you have the certain number of ingredients that are needed, you can craft. You, you just you can craft it. You spend a, your final pebble and action. And you craft the wooden sign. Um, but we ask players to, when they when they spend an action to gather ingredients, to look at what it is they need to gather. They need to gather for the wooden sign. They need to gather one floor and one planer. And that might be, you know, they go out to the forest and they collect some logs and they ask it to be, you know, cut down into planks. And then they also yeah. get, um, you know, some some stone to to hold it into the ground right mm -hmm. but we asked we asked the players to do that um like okay if you need if you need four you know four flora for paints to create bright colorful colorful pigment pigments what does that look like what is it that you are you collecting are you collecting carrots for the orange are you collecting blueberries to mash them down and dry them and powder them um and we also give some some examples of each type of uh, ingredient that you can find to kind of help the players out. Uh -huh. So it is supposed to be simple and pretty open-ended and also allow for um, the players and the Grove Ranger to create items and easily figure out where to slot them in yeah. um, to the play. Uh, so they're not... It's purposefully not complex. Yeah. And really where the the breakdown comes into is the total number of ingredients you need. 
Mm -hmm. um, that's the cost of the item. Yeah. And audience, I really want to stress that. Like, a good reason why I asked this was because I think the crafting pages are about three pages long in mm -hmm. the the early release that you sent me, the, the review copy. So it's it's very straightforward, but it also gives you that space to sit down and play out a story while you're making your stuff or not if you don't want to. If you're just like, oh, it's a wooden sign. We're going to need a, a thousand of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. And it, it gives you that option. And, um, you know, so for gathering ingredients, you, you spend one pebble and one action and you can gather two ingredients. Yeah. So if you need 10, you're going to have to spend, you know, I just lost my brain. I'm mean, going to have five, to spend five, five pebbles, pebbles five and five actions. actions. Yeah. Um, in order to do that. Um, and so, you know, as, mm -hmm. as you're coming up with something, you know, somebody might be like, oh no, this will be really complex. This should have like 20 ingredients. Well, okay. That's going to take you a while to gather all that. Do you have enough yeah. pebbles? Do you have enough actions? Maybe you get help. Maybe multiple people are now gathering those things together. And, oh, hey, by the way, you don't actually have an observatory built. Um, so you can't make <laughs> your quantum good. Or you did build your observatory, um, but a blip just came by and, and blipped it off the map. So well, we've got to fix that first. Um, so it, gives, it still gives a lot of um, flexibility um, yeah. in crafting. I think it's going to be fun. It's something I'm going to make sure that I'm doing. We had given several examples of um, crafting recipes in this the early editions book that we're going to yeah. continue to add to. Um, but it, it's I think it's important. There are some some recipes that are just for fun, right? You want to build a wooden sign. Yeah. You want to be able to say, hey, and draw it on your map and say, hey, this sign <laughs> says Bandis Grove on it or it says my name on it or something like that. Um, but there's other things in there that actually give you benefits if you make them, such as, um, like, we have one in here that's called a Clutherian chili. And after you make it, um, <laughs> if you share it with every other other residents, other players, everyone who partakes in that gains a pebble. I love that. And so it's this kind of like, so some of them have do have benefits. It's not just for um, yeah. show. I love that. So, Andrew, Pandian Games, uh, you've released a handful of stuff through this. You've released several games, two system reference documents. Yes. Uh, what are some of the things that you've learned making those those documents, those those games that help build up Bandis Grove? Oh, just about just about everything. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. Uh, so, storyteller which is a campfire narrative game. It was our very first game that we ever yes. released. It was a huge, huge uh, learning experience. Um, but that is the first game that we really tested um, this idea of people can add their own details. And we used what was called a story stick mechanic. And it, it's basically this idea that you were playing a character in this game and, and listening to a narrator narrate. So that's very GM-y. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, you're passing around a story stick constantly. If you have a story stick, you can interject whatever detail you want and the narrator needs to implement it. 
Or the, the narrator can call on the person that has the story stick and be like, hey, what is this person's name? Or, hey, what are they doing? Or this kind of thing. Um, it also was the first time that we experimented with the idea that we have players doing different things. So there's one player that it, they're called the picker, and they would yeah. pick what the story is, but then they act on behalf of the monster in partnership with the narrator. Oh. And so the narrator can go, okay, so so what is what's you know, what is Mothman doing right now? Or oh what is what does he actually look like? What are the patterns on his wings? And it's the picker's job to to drive that. And they're they're not playing the characters that are in danger trying to survive. They're they're dealing with the narrator. Um, oh <laughs> and so you see kind cool. of yeah, yeah, and we thought that was a really neat idea. And so you can see kind of some of that where like those two things kind of melded together into this Grove Ranger idea of like, yeah. they're also a character. Yeah. Um, so we've got that. We've got, what other games do we have? I don't even know. Osprey um, Fishing no, was the got, other one that I pulled. Yeah. <laughs> which Which one you said? Osprey Fishing. Yeah, Osprey Fishing. So Osprey Fishing was just, it, that one's just a fun dice game. Um, yeah. I enjoy that one. Uh, so, oh, Badger and Coyote. Oh, yeah. And Badger and Coyote is this other this other one where you have two players playing by different rules still trying to achieve the same thing. It's an asymmetric two-player game. Okay. And so, yeah, so the dice mechanics that each player uses is different. They have different skills. And yeah. only Coyote, so you play a Badger or a Coyote, only Coyote can initiate conversation in-game. Okay. And they have to roll to see if Badger understood them or not. And if they roll poorly, <laughs> then Badger gets to dictate how they misunderstood Coyote in the moment. And so it's this it's this dichotomy where it's like, it, it almost reminds me of Root, where each <laughs> player is definitely playing by a different set of rules with different things that they can do. Yeah. But you're all really trying to do the same thing. That's mm -hmm. that's Badger and Coyote, except this is a co-op game. And <laughs> uh, it's it's another thing where um, you're asked to kind of create your own world. We give you a good baseline. We give you a foundation of the pastoral-like world that we think this exists in. Um, mm -hmm. But then we go, okay, what, what are your daily goals? What is it that you're trying to gather today? Or... Are you trying to outwit some dogs um, and kind of ask you to build up the story um, within this this framework that we've provided? So both of those, you can see those influences into Bandit's Grove. Yeah. These, I need to check out more of these games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very bad at advertising my stuff. Ah, uh, it's fine. You're here. <laughs> so something that's really important for Bandas Grove specifically in February is itch funding. So yes. can you tell everybody a little bit about this itch fund and what funds are going to be used to, to help build Bandas Grove? Because that's, that's the big reason we're here. Yes, absolutely. So we are itch funding. We're launching February 8th. Um, we are going to have uh, several tiers available. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll have your base tier. It's actually, it'll come with a good bit of stuff. So it's going to come with the PDF. It'll come with a printable character sheet, which I think is 
pretty adorable. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, and then it'll also come with a map pack um, because we wanted this to have a hex component. We figured we had to get um, a hex grid map out in front of people. So um, yeah. at the base, at the base uh, funding tier, you'll get access to I think it's it's some crazy amount of maps, um, but they're in you know U.S. Letter and Ledger and A5 and A3 and there's gridless and gridded and then we also provide starter maps that are pre-filled with. Um, fragments for you. Um, so if you just want to like throw the map down, skip the setup, and jump straight in, we you know you have that option. But then we'll have um, an additional tier that gets you access to all the fun handout printout yeah. stuff. So like the, instead of using a note card, you can get access to the camper cards and spirit cards that you can print off. Um, you can them. get that access so to. Good. A, thank you. You can get access to the spot list. So um, the spot list is used for uh, nature watching and every um, 10 new animals that you've uh, discovered or found through uh, nature watching, you get some additional benefits to your character. What else? We've got uh, just all sorts of little handouts, uh, planar records. So um, you yep. take, took the, the, uh, the write-ups for all of these different planes and, you know, we made them, made them pretty enough that you could print them out and have them sitting out <laughs> on the table for people to reference. Just all sorts of little little stuff like that is added in. And it's really it's all print and play. Uh, we don't have um, any physical goods uh, planned yet. Um, yeah. Hopefully in the future. Emphasis uh, on yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, yet. Um, but so so those are the two main tiers. Um, that we're going to have. And then we'll also have a couple tiers for people that like to uh, contribute ideas. So there'll be a tier for um, if you want to contribute a, um, a creature idea for the nature watching. Um, so we're going to have over 100 creatures that you'll be able to just look up instead of uh, create your own if you would like. Um, wow. And so if you want to contribute to that, that there's a tier that you can subscribe for that. And then you can sit down with me and we'll hammer through and get a creature defined and get your get your ideas out. Um, and then the, another one, the last tier is if you would like to um, contribute a uh, a quantum event. You have an idea for a quantum event you want in the official game. We will sit down with you and we will work through that with you and get it formatted and get it down. So each each quantum event, we only have space for about 250 words. So like I said, they're short. So to take take somebody's idea and go, okay. We need the introduction, the complications, and the outcome all to fit within 250 words. Um, but yeah, we will sit down with those people and, and do that. Yeah, it's not much. Um, no, but that's the idea, all. right? Like, uh, it's they're supposed to be super short, you know, 40, 45 minutes of, mm -hmm. of playtime with a complication and an outcome. And then you go yep. into the next, you know, the next uh, cycle. Uh, yeah, so those are all everything we're going to do. Um, the money we raise uh, will go to paying writers and artists and layout designers and really flesh out the game uh, more. Um, we have quite several writers working for us. They're writing um, uh, festivals, which we, have, we never talked about festivals. Yeah, um, I wanted doing... to talk about festivals, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're running out of time. Um, but yeah... Uh, Writers for festivals, for quantum events, for the creatures themselves. Um, we have writers for all of that that are helping out. And so that money goes to paying them. It pays to get art 
um, so we can actually visualize Bandit's Grove better. Um, I would love to do creature art for all of these creatures, um, like spot art on cards. Um, so that would that's where some of the money will go. Uh, yeah. So it's to make it, it's to polish it and really, really make it pop. That's always great for itch funding. It's good to know what people are putting themselves to. So audience, if you want to go and get some of your stuff involved with Bandas Grove, make sure you do that. That's going to be releasing one week after this episode. Andrew, we've been going for just over 45 minutes now. Uh, I know it says 57, but we also were recording for 11 minutes while we just chatted. So, yes. yeah. uh, so I got two more questions for you that I ask on every episode. So okay. what advice can you give to someone wanting to make their own game, but they have no experience? Oh, I just went through this. Um, <laughs> I, I would say here's, here's the advice. If you can, if you can afford to do this or you can find somebody willing to help you, um, start writing the, the a game up to the point where you were just completely lost in your own game and then get a hold of a developmental editor. Somebody who's specifically in RPGs, like knows RPGs inside and out, and can sit down with you and go, this stinks. Have you thought about this? Have you read this <laughs> RPG? Because it sounds like this. Like we, it was, so I did that. I worked with Sealed Library. Um, okay. On, uh, I'm familiar. My, yeah. And yeah, uh, I had, great. it was a great opportunity. And he taught me so, so much um, working with him. Um, so if if you can either find somebody that is willing to talk to you like that, or it was the best money I ever spent uh, to get really, you know, deep dive and dig in really fast mm -hmm. to um, writing my own games. That's sweet. I don't think we've ever had that advice before. That's so good. Obviously, it's not the cheapest one, but it's no, a very it's... good way to go about it. Yeah, so I looked at it as it, you know, I, I could pay for a class online, or I could, yep. you know, there's there's you know people that go to university for this kind of stuff, uh -huh. um, or I could pay a developmental editor for you know a five thousand word document, and they could sit through and go through it all with me, and I could learn hands on. Yeah, yeah, that's so smart, Andrew. Where can people find out? more about you pandion games and bendis grove yeah so we have um you can hit us up on twitter at pandion games um if you go to pandiongames.com uh that will actually take you to our itch page right now um you can see all of our games and everything that we offer there um and then for bandas grove uh we have another page set up for bandasgrove.com uh, where you can subscribe to uh, our newsletter, which will get you uh, notified for live updates. It'll also have links for all of the, uh, like where to buy it and uh, our Twitter. And we actually have a, uh, a playlist uh, created. Um, so you can listen to the Banda's Groove playlist, uh, <laughs> which, which is fantastic. I didn't come up with that pun. Um, Armanda, one of our writers did. Uh, and then uh, so it cute. also gives you a, a bit more uh, information on that side as well. Perfect. As always, audience, all that stuff, that's going to be linked down in the description below this video or podcast. Depends on where you're watching this. Sometimes people catch us on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for joining me here. It was an absolute pleasure, and I love learning about Bandas Grove. Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate you having me on. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. 
Well, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. And thank you, audience, for listening. Andrew, Pandian Games, and Bandis Grove, they're scheduled to launch really soon. So go check them out one week from today. Take care of yourselves. Have a good night. I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much to Andrew for coming out of the show this week to talk about Bandis Grove. I've had the chance to play this one a little bit, and I think it's something that would really benefit from more people getting to play it. It's really good, and it's exciting, and it's fun to play. The mechanics are great. Andrew, Pandian Games, you guys did phenomenal with this one, so please keep it up. Go fund it. That's running really soon, I think. It should be right about now. It's starting up. Also, thank you all so much. It was a really good week for the show, and our numbers went up a lot. Over 40 new unique listeners, and we're actually really close to hitting 900 listeners, which is wild because I feel like we just hit 800 a week or two ago. We're really quickly approaching the one-year anniversary of the show. It's actually next week, and I would love to do something special for it, but I am terrible at celebration things. So if you have any ideas, please let me know on Twitter or Discord or even by email. Those are actually all located down in the description below, so if you're not part of it and you want to chat, let me know there. If you like the show and you want to hear more or help it grow, tell somebody and leave a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We really only grow through word of mouth. Other than those rankings, they help a whole lot. They really boost up the numbers. Next week's episode is going to be out on February 8th, and that's going to be featuring Lucid, Sea of Dreams by Raphael. I hope to see you there.